There's so much confusion in the world today. What's right is now wrong. What the Bible considers sin, or missing the mark, is considered acceptable, and everyone is encouraged to live however they feel. Everyone is so wrapped up in their feelings. Society dictates how we live, how we act, what we listen to, who we vote for, what we watch, and who we become. Society preaches tolerance, as long as you are in agreement with their agenda. We are constantly bombarded with sexual immorality through social media, television, music, and films. Society has become completely desensitized. Thankfully, amongst all this confusion and chaos in the world today, there is hope. There is one who never changes, one who loves us so much that he gave his life for us. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Vashti as she takes us on the journey into her father's loving arms. Enjoy the show. Hello, friends. I'm very excited to have a special guest today. Her name is Vashti. And we met at work a while back, and she has an amazing, amazing, amazing testimony I wanted her to share. So we're just going to jump right in, Vashti. I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us a little bit about your background, how many siblings you have, you know, and then we'll go from there. Sure, yeah. Um, so I grew up in a Hispanic household, a Christian, very religious. Um, I grew up three brothers, and I'm the youngest and the only girl. Um, and I was raised in church from birth, uh, but the church I was raised in was really religion over relationship with, mm, with God. Yeah. So that's kind of how I grew up with, um, and kind of the mentality I had. So how did that, I mean, I know when you grew up like in a real strict, I'm assuming it was like really strict as mm-hmm. well. How did that, how did that affect you like through your teenage years and then through adulthood? Oh yeah. So um, so we would attend church on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, um, and that would start from Friday at 5 o'clock and end on Saturday at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting Friday at 5 o'clock, we couldn't watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday mornings, even, you know, I used to be envious of the other kids because everybody would talk about Saturday cartoons. morning cartoons. Yeah, I would never, the TV would not be on. Um, and, yeah, and even as I got... Till my teenage years, it was hard because everybody wanted to go out on Friday night, yeah. you know, to the movies, to the ice skating ring, and I was never able to take part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely hard, um, and I didn't under really understand why we were doing that, right? Like oh, why my parents? Okay. It was almost just out of like, it was just custom to me. You yeah. know, I never yeah. really had a relationship with Jesus then, so I didn't know the true meaning of why. Right. You know, we weren't allowed to do those things. Right. Right. So that's interesting because that's exactly how I was raised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my my parents were, um, I guess, because I like you, I was the last. I'm like the youngest, the seventh. By by the time I came along, they were like, "All right, just don't hurt yourself or whatever." <laughs> but but it was still, um, it was religious uh, as well. Again, Sabbath kept the Sabbath as well. Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. Yeah, so I'm told no cartoons, <laughs> none of that. Um, I mean, not even coffee in the house. Yeah. I mean, it was like really, really strict. So when you you said you were a teenager and you wanted to go out and you couldn't, did you at one point decide, you know what, I'm going to rebel. I'm done with this. Or how was that? Um, no, growing up, I guess you can say like I was a good child. Mm-hmm. Always had my, you know, grades in place, always played sports, mm-hmm. always was active like that. Um, 
it wasn't really and I also kind of my brothers unfortunately had made a lot of bad decisions um, so I was able to not only learn from that but I also felt like I didn't have room to mess up because I couldn't hurt my parents also you know so that's kind of how I felt even as a child you know I kind of yeah it's pressure and even now like thank god I I have um, more discipline I guess than them and that thank the lord i was able to find god and they haven't really um come to that yet mm-hmm. yeah um, exactly. yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah so yeah. then did your parents let you date or so <laughs> no, no uh, right. my, <laughs> not till no. you're 30 yeah so um being the youngest and being i feel like in a hispanic household like i wasn't able to have a boyfriend um till i was 18 and even then, like, he would have to be from church, and my parents would have to know his family and things like that. Like, um, but also, I wasn't interested in boys anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, I grew up having crushes on guys, but not really feeling physically attracted to them. And since I was in third grade, I was, I could, I could feel that I was attracted to girls already. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my heart, I knew it was wrong, but it's also a feeling you have, or right. you think, right? Like, right. that's a natural feeling that you possess. Um, but I knew, like, I could never tell my parents, because um, I was afraid of the consequences. I was afraid of getting disowned. I was afraid oh. of, you know, all of these things. Um, so, yeah, I, I never wanted to really embrace that. Um, but as I got older, it became easier. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started working, unfortunately, I made some worldly friends, I guess you can say. And I, um, it was easier to have the doors open and to sure. go to, you know, gay clubs and yeah. gay neighborhoods and really participate in what that was. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I thought it was fun at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but one thing for sure, like I was never satisfied and I, I remember going through a phase where I didn't know what I wanted. I was sleeping with men. I was sleeping with women and trying to really figure out yeah, what, sure, what it was that sure. was going to satisfy. And none of that was satisfying for me. So, wow. So let's go back to third grade because you said, you know, a lot of people say, you know what, I was born this way. Or some people, like I personally, I know of some females um, and males, they're gay and I love them, but they had some horrible um, abuse happened to them and that they said that really affected them so when you weren't there how does a third grader know that they're attracted to to females or yeah how did you you're like oh she's she's cuter I mean how does that work (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh so thank god I didn't go through any sexual abuse or any any type of abuse for that you know my parents were very loving and even my brothers they always gave me like my place and you know always made me feel love and everything like that so that definitely was an absence in my life but um yeah just kind of how you explained it like I would look at a girl and just you know like when you have a crush on a guy like the same the thing little butterflies right and yeah like, and, like and, and, yeah like oh I want to be their friend you know the yeah. same thing and and even sometimes like I, I know it's hard to understand but like because you could probably think it's easy like my mom used to say it all the time too like how can somebody that young like know what they like you know but I think 
think you can. Yeah, I, I think, well, I know you can, because yeah. I did, right? <laughs> but, like, a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, that's just, like, a, a third grader. Like, what do they know? You know, but that's what I felt at the time, you know. It's a crush, you know, yeah. just like, yeah. So then when would you say the door opened? And, and how was that? I mean, did you go somewhere? Did someone say, hey? So, you know. Definitely, um, during my high school years, I was starting to accept those feelings. Okay. Um, and there were things that I prayed about, but at the time, I, I guess I didn't know how to pray. I was kind of just, um, first and foremost, I was using God as an emergency line, right? Like when I needed him, I didn't have do. a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like I was just praying for it, but not praying from the heart. You know, I wasn't really, I wanted to be, you know, straight. I wanted to be heterosexual, but I didn't really want that. Like my, my soul did, but my heart didn't, you know? Um, so when things wouldn't change for me, when I didn't start feeling a different way, and, you know, like, I was just probably like, okay, this is who I am, mm -hmm. you know. Accepting. Accepting that. Um, and in high school, I started to, like I said, accept those feelings a little more. When, Let me ask you this. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but no, no, no. When, you, when you came to the realization of, like, maybe you thought you accepted because you thought, well, God isn't answering my prayer. Would you say that? Uh, yes, and... Um, the feeling, like I told you, like... Wouldn't think, go away. Yeah, and then it does come off as really natural, right? Which is in our nature because we're sinful naturally, right? Right. So exactly. a lot of times, yeah, it, those things are going to feel natural. Mm -hmm. But is it natural? No. Is it right biblically? No. You right. know. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that was, I just, I'm sure the listeners are like wondering. <laughs> so you said, so high school... You, the doors opened there. You started, you accepted who you were, and you were like, well, let me just roll with it? Correct, yeah. Okay. I wasn't, like, out, like, publicly, like, uh, with anything like that, but I did, like, um, kind of have more of a, more than a friendship with one of my best friends, mm -hmm. um, and then as I got older, I did have relationship with women, um, you know, and that also, like I said, felt natural. Um, and then also, so growing up as the only girl too, mm -hmm. um, I was always tomboyish, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, and, brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then even when I did try to be girly, uh -huh. um, it felt like my girly wasn't girly enough. Wow. So I always felt like, okay, so if it's not girly enough, like maybe because I lean this way anyway, you know? So sure. it, it kind of made it easier for me to lean into that side of this you know the side that right that was girly yeah you know so so then when you say you weren't girly enough what what do you mean by girly enough um so like i didn't want to wear skirts i didn't want to wear makeup even to the day like i don't wear makeup well you're you a natural like, beauty you're lucky you <laughs> don't you, need Patty. to thank no, you seriously. but yeah you know like i i didn't really care to make the effort like i wasn't i felt like all my friends were kind of always after like boys attention and and things like that and thank god like i said before like my brothers my dad gave me enough attention that i really at that age especially through high school mm -hmm. i didn't feel like i needed the attention of a guy right um so i didn't make the effort to look cute or you know or dress up or right or paint my nails or do my makeup or anything like that and then when i did people kind of made me feel like oh like 
you know, like, you're wearing, like, makeup, like, why are you wearing makeup, like, what? Oh. So it kind of, like, I don't want to, I don't want to wear it, you know, like, I don't want to, but yeah. Was it because it drew attention to you or it just made you uncomfortable? It drew attention to me that made me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Because, like, I, I don't know, it, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know how to describe it, but it was, like, uncomfortable attention, sure. not attention yeah, like that you yeah. want. That you makes know? sense. That, that makes sense. And then at that point, how old were you? That honestly has been my whole life, even now. Like sometimes if I wear makeup or if I do my hair, they're like, oh, like you look so pretty. And then it kind of makes me feel like, man, well, what, what do I look saying? like? Sure. <laughs> what do I look I mean... like when I don't? <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that makes sense. So then when did your, did your parents ever suspect anything or? Um, so my parents, my mom. Um, I feel like every mother, right, she, she always kind of knew, um, and she didn't want to accept, and it came to a point where I was already in a relationship with a woman, um, and they brought me into a family meeting, and we have family meetings often, like, in my family. Oh, okay. Um, whenever there's, like, an issue between us, or whenever there's something going on with one of us. Nice. Um, you know, we have, thank God for that communication, but mm-hmm. in that moment, like, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> what I wanted, right? right. Um, so oh. they brought me for a family meeting, and um, they asked me if I was lesbian, and uh-huh. I, you know, I told them, like, yes, like, I am attracted to women. Um, and of like it almost like I had never seen my parents like this, but um, and I don't blame them because I feel like they didn't know how to accept the news, sure, um, and they didn't know how to react, or they they don't. I feel like even now, if it were to happen, or um, if one of my brothers like they don't, they're so hurt by it, and it's so much anger that they kind of forget like how it is to love. Or to show Jesus' love and compassion. Unconditional love. Yeah, you know. And it's not, right now, like, speaking as somebody who knows the Lord now, like, I'm not, I wasn't asking for their acceptance. Right. But the way that they spoke to me that night and some of the things that they said, like, if I didn't have God in my life today, like, I probably wouldn't have talked to my parents. Wow. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Uh, And that same night, I left my house. Like, like you moved out? I moved out, yeah. And a week later, my mom had told my brother to to communicate to me that she didn't want me on the phone line anymore. Because at, t- at the time, you know, I was still on her phone plan and everything. Um, so I went, I changed my number, and they didn't have my number for a long time. How long? Uh, maybe like five, six months, which was, you know, that had never happened in my family before. Yeah. And I was the youngest child and the only girl, you know. Yeah. So um, it was definitely hard for me. Uh, I think it was hard for my parents as well, you know. So um, I, I'm so sorry because it seems like your family was so close. And then to do this, I'm sorry. That, yeah. that must have been rough. So I'm going to ask you, as, um, if, if, what advice would you give a parent child comes to them and says hey you know what I'm gay I like girls or I like boys and I mean what would you say um I definitely would say to or what advice would you give a parent yeah yeah um I think they should 
react in a biblical sense, I think. Mm -hmm. um, my parents were really quick to push me away and to reject me, even as their daughter. Um, but I know, like, the love of Jesus. And, yeah. you know, if we were to just reject, we would all be rejected. Right, if that's, exactly, you know, exactly. Because it's, it's, I feel like parents or just people in general with homosexuality, they see it on a sin of its own. Yeah. You know, and sexually, sexual immorality is one of the worst sins because you do it against yourself as well. You know, so, yeah. um, so it's not to lessen the sin, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, whether I'm homosexual or whether I'm cheating on my husband, it's, exactly. it's, it's as bad, yeah. you know. Um, so I think my parents um, really just had this idea of homosexuality as the ultimate sin like you know um so for a parent i would say to be gentle and don't have your child have a i guess oh don't represent jesus so i feel like that's why a lot of you know people of, of the you know lgbt community hate christians because they think that's how jesus is maybe because yes. they've had a a harsh or cruel mm -hmm. interaction with a Christian so that's how they you know associate that with Jesus but you know Jesus needs to speak for Jesus and yes you know, yes things like that but I, yeah yeah they would give us a bad name yeah <laughs> I would tell parents to just show love to show grace to show support and find in the Lord mm -hmm. you know um, and how would that look like if, if, the, if the child is not interested in finding the Lord. How would that look like? Yeah, I think, I think there's only so much a parent can do. The best thing I think would be to put it in God's hands, um, because I know my parents had prayed for me before. I know when I was away, my parents probably prayed for me. Um, but I wouldn't have changed if I didn't want to be saved as well. Right. You know, I did want to change. I knew that it wasn't natural. I even though it felt natural in me maybe because of the way i was raised mm -hmm. i felt that it was wrong deep down mm -hmm. you know sometimes i would i would be so happy with the person i was with and i'd be so convicted at the same time wow. you know um and also it's just it's not it's not finding peace mm -hmm. you know you could probably find satisfaction in the the, the night that you parted away sure. or, or but you know fleeting. but yeah fleeting rather. Uh -huh. yeah and when I finally came to know Christ and and it didn't mean that I didn't struggle with attraction still sure it didn't mean you know but it was a sense of peace that came over my life really wow so have you heard of Beckett Cook uh, Beckett Cook he was um he has a podcast and he's amazing he was a um a set designer or something and he was big in the Hollywood and he, he gives his testimony he was homosexual before he's not now and then Christopher I'm gonna mess up his last name Christopher Yuan I think he um, was a professor at Moody and he wrote amazing books and he tells his testimony which is going back to what you're saying he's no longer homosexual and his parents were not Christian till afterward it's, it's just a really interesting story and he said his parents loved him no matter what. They loved him through it all. 
they didn't come to Christ till after he became homosexual. Yeah. And he said if it wouldn't have been for that love, because he kept pushing them away and pushing them away, and his mom was praying, his dad would send him Bibles. So you're right. It's if you have that, I believe, like if you have parents or someone that's praying for you and just like you said, being like Jesus, loving no matter what. Yeah. You know, they'll find their way. Yeah. Like I said, leave it in Jesus's hands, and they will find their way. I yeah. believe that. And and I definitely think like maybe it won't be their parents to show them that love, yeah, but that's somebody true. else that can show them Jesus's love. You know. What would you say to someone who? Because I've heard people say, "Oh no, you can't. You cannot change. You, that's not how it works." Like someone at work told me today, he's like, "No, you're you're gay. You're gay. You just you cannot change." How would you? What would you tell? How would you respond to that? So, simply to respond to that, it's that anything is possible with God. You know, what's yeah. impossible for men is possible with God. Yeah. Um, you know, even what we consider impossible. And with faith, prayer, you know, like, you could go anywhere. It could take you anywhere. And, you know, I think it's very easy to say that that's how I was born. Or, mm -hmm. you know, this is the way God made me. But God doesn't make imperfections and God made a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us yes you know um, sometimes like even recently right a lot of bad going in the world and there's anybody could say like oh like if there really is a God you know why is all this bad stuff going in the world mm -hmm. but the answer to that is because there is an enemy you know exactly so you know and and yeah it's 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 really hard especially in a society that tells us to listen to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not to listen to God and everything exactly. that God, even since the beginning of time, right? Like even the snake in the garden questioning, like, did God really say that? Yeah. Even to now, right? Like, are those things really bad? Is right. your exactly. feelings really bad? You know, the same yeah. thing goes and applies to today. I um, agree. So... It's just, I, I would hate to be a young kid nowadays because everything, you're, you're constantly bombarded with sexual, sexual immorality, just constantly. Yeah. And then, because I was like, well, some people say they're born with it, like you said, and then other people, I think, this is just my theories of, mm -hmm. you know, um, if you think about it, when you're like pre, a preschooler, um, middle schooler, you're kind of insecure. You know, yeah. your body's changing. You're like, you're trying to find your place. You're not a kid, a baby, but you're not quite an adult. You're trying to find your way. And then you, like I said, you feel there's a certain amount of insecurity. Now, if there's a group that's gonna embrace you and say, you know what? We think you're fantastic. We think you're amazing. You're gonna yeah. identify yeah. with that group. <laughs> Who wouldn't want they, to, right? Right, right. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's like the gay community. They're very welcoming and, and very, welcoming yeah you know which is a, it's kind of a shame for us i feel is, like right because we're not oh i shouldn't say we but right. a lot of christians aren't welcoming yep they're judgmental yep right unless it's to the things that they do and that they like mm -hmm. right so um but like i said before like um i guess a message too would be like let jesus speak for jesus mm -hmm. you know yes. we shouldn't Unfortunately, even though we're followers of Christ, um, people shouldn't judge a Christian or judge Jesus based on a Christian follower. Right. right? And it's right. a shame to say. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely, like you mentioned before, it's definitely hard um, to grow, especially right now in a society that's telling you 
all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned, or I rather, I, I was watching something that said that society today is trying to, um, what's the word? It was, man, I just lost it. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I think it was deconstructionize oh. what we see. I think that was the word. Interesting. Yeah. So like, for example, like even nowadays, it's not, not common to see drag in a church. Right. Right. Yeah. But what they're trying to do is make it less and less taboo so that when that does happen in church, we don't turn, you know, we're not shocked anymore. Yes. You know? Yes. No, it, it's true. And I, I believe that's the enemy working because it, it's like it's flipped now. What's good is bad and what's bad is good. And it's accepting, you know, right. people are accepting it and it's just a whole different way. I feel I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I have my reasons for this. I believe there's an actual agenda. Oh, 100%. There's a book that's it's, called, have you heard of it, After the Ball? No, I have not it's, heard about it. It was written by um, two Harvard professors. One was a marketing professor, I believe, and one was a psychologist. And they wrote this with the sole purpose of promoting the gay agenda. Yeah. It is, I mean, they go through, like, how it's going to be done, through, you know, the television. This was, like, in the 80s when yeah. it came out. And I tried to get my hands on that book. It was like four hundred something dollars on Amazon. Wow. I can't find it. I can't get it anywhere. That is nuts. Yeah, I can't get anywhere. So That's like scary. Like, yeah. But no, I, I don't think you're a conspiracy theorist. I think it's very clear. And I think at this point, they're not even trying to hide that. That's what their yes. agenda is. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people see it happening and don't really care. And then I think a lot of people probably see it happening and they're not voicing what they know they probably should be voicing because they're Um, afraid yeah and at the end of the day um you know you know that a lot of things have to happen yes you know for jesus to come back so a lot of it you know we know how this book ends right yes we do and we win (laughs) yes so we're on on the winning side so that's the good that's the good uh ending to this but yeah, unfortunately, it's it's gonna get sad, and even like I, I'm scared to have children, you know, yeah. just because of what they can see, what they can hear, what they can, you know, if not only just because of the sexuality stuff, but the oh yeah, the gun everything, violence, everything, you know, everything. the food, like it's a long list, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. never ending, GMOs, yeah. and toxicity <laughs> everywhere. No, I I hear you, I I yeah, I wouldn't either if I were your age and I probably wouldn't have no. kids because I'm like so so that's what I was thinking and I was discussing that with a friend and she was like oh like yeah the way the world's going like I'm not sure I want to have kids because of yeah. everything but but mm-hmm. I don't think as Christians we should say that because no matter what's going to happen you know we have God on our side and if we choose not to have kids out of the fear of what's going to happen good point then who are we letting win really Right? Girl, preach right? <laughs> So, yeah, so yes. that's what I told my friend. So, even though, you know, I have enough trust in the Lord that no matter what. So, if I'm meant to have kids, then God would give me that, right? He'll give me a husband yeah. at the appropriate time. He'll give me the ability to have kids mm-hmm. and the means and, and needs to raise them. Mm-hmm. So, in Jesus' name, if that's my, my future, yeah. then. Yeah, claim it. Yes. Wow. And what about, what would you tell some young teenagers, let's say, and, and you're kind of in a room, and 
Bashi's going to speak, and some of them may be Christian, some of them may not. I think Christian kids, it might be, maybe, I don't know, I could be wrong, easier for them to understand, I don't know, but like you had that upbringing, so you already knew in the back of your mind, ah, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? Like, you know, well, I think a lot of times there's shock value, they want that shock value, mm -hmm. and um, what would you say if they're like, okay, so I'm okay, I'm gay, but it's okay. I mean, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. That's what I hear a lot of people say. I'm not hurting anybody. Are you? Yeah. Really not? Yeah. So I think like even when it comes to the topic of like, you know, like a lot of people have trouble when they're Christian, right? Like the question of accepting their child or family member who's gay, right? Like I love them. So do I accept them or do, you know, do I accept them and their partner to come here? You know, things like that. They're hard questions to ask. And, mm -hmm. and the thing is though, by doing that, if you were to, are to accept them the way they are and their lifestyle that they're living, you're not doing them any benefit. You know, you are loving if you tell them, you know, the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the saying the truth hurts, mm -hmm. but, you know, if, if God said it, then it's the truth. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that for somebody who isn't Christian and doesn't believe in God, I think the the point of satisfaction like they're never going to find it and whether it's homosexuality or it's money you're after yeah. or you know fame whatever it's never going to satisfy and the truth is only god can satisfy yeah. whatever satisfaction you're trying to fulfill they and that could be even a satisfaction in a person you know, your husband is not going to satisfy you as much as Jesus can. Yes. Your wife isn't going to satisfy yes. you as yes. much as, you know, Jesus can. And your job, your clothes, yeah, nothing, your car. Nothing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I was at a point in my life where and I thought I wanted all that. Mm -hmm. You know, I had my partner. I was moving up the ladder at work, and I finally got there, and I wasn't happy at all, you know. And I, you know, I had everything that I thought I wanted, mm -hmm. you know. But, but there you still was, felt empty inside. Yeah, correct. I didn't feel at peace. I didn't feel filled, you know. And it's hard for somebody to understand what it is to have a relationship with God. You know, because sometimes I'll be in the car and I'll hear a song mm -hmm. and I just start crying. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain it, like, you know. And I just start crying. But I feel so connected sometimes, you know, with God. And it's the most beautiful thing ever. It is. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Same. Amen. Wow. So then where are you in your life now? Um, right now, <laughs> so like I said, like finding God and, and as you know, right, getting Spiritual baptized isn't always the easiest. It's w within that time when you're trying to get closer to God mm -hmm. that the enemy wants to you know, attack you more, but right now I'm finding um, strength in God's word and just growing, right, and there's going to be days where I don't feel spiritually connected or I don't right. feel like opening the word, um, and I think that's natural, uh, but, um, you know, by the end of my time, I want, like, the enemy to know, like, he picked the wrong person yes. <laughs> to come after, you know. Yep. He should have left me alone because... Yeah, you're coming after him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Is there, and did I, is there a question you want to answer that I did not ask you? 
Anything you want to share that I, I didn't ask? Um, no. No. Okay, any advice you would offer? You offered great advice to the parents. Um, I think the only advice I could give, I think for children, especially growing up, it's a very confusing time, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to questions about sexuality. But I think, so I grew up, I guess, going off a different subject, but I grew up always thinking that, you know, it's a sin to even question God in a way, right? But I think that mm -hmm. if you, you know, God already knows what you're thinking in your head. Right. So, you know, just go ahead and ask him, you know, if yep. you really have questions about that, if you want him to prove that he exists. It may not be like, you know, a sign that says like, yeah, like here yeah. I am, you know, he's not going to come, but he will prove you know, he exists one way or another, and it could be in a miracle, you know, mm -hmm. in, in a sign of wonder that God does, and, um, you know, yeah. so always reach out to God and ask those questions if it's necessary. And it's okay to ask And it's okay questions. to ask those questions. He can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> God he in the universe yeah. can handle it. It's okay. Exactly. So, Vashti, I just, I would thank you so much for this gift of your time. I thank really. You really enjoyed hearing your testimony you're a very you, very very special young lady <laughs> i love you to pieces and i'm i remember when i first met you um i was drawn to you there was something about you and i was like she's very special but now i see thank you patty you're so sweet <laughs> i can see yeah. so thank you again for this gift of your time thank and you patty i'm excited to see how god's gonna continue to use you for his kingdom and thank you and souls i'm just excited for you thank you Patty. and god bless you god bless you as well thank always you. well friends i hope you enjoyed another episode on the philosophy friends and food podcast remember this is a crazy world we live in but there's always hope it's up to you to be strong to be brave and to be bold to understand that you were beautifully and wonderfully made by the creator himself. It doesn't get any better than that. So remember, when you know whose you are, you know who you are. Go on out there, be bold, brave, and strong, and be blessed.